G'day legends, great chat with the great man Dan, um, revealed for the first time about my big criticism of Newcastle and the council, you'll have to wait for that exclusive, um, but no, very excited to be on the podcast and um, I don't know when Dan can upload it, it's probably got a lot of edits, but we'll, uh, we'll talk then. <laughs> if you get something out of me, good on you. <laughs> Any scoops. And welcome back to another episode of the self-proclaimed best listen in the Hunter and along the coast. What's new in the castle? I'm your great-looking self-proclaimed host, Mr. Dan Nilsson. Um, so if you're listening to this on the podcast app, you obviously can't see my face. And um, it's probably probably lucky you haven't seen my face because it's absolutely terrible. But um, this week's guest is... Um, it's, actually, it's actually a bit of a nice of change. We've had lots of um, AFL and NRL um, superstars come on. So it's good to have a bit of change of scenery. Um I like to call him a bit, bit of radio royalty, and he's um, works on the shows on weekend breakfasts, and he's worked all around the country. His name is Angus O'Loughlin. Thanks, Angus, for coming on. What's new in the castle? Thanks, Dan. Um, a man who proudly wears his own podcast merch. I love it. Absolutely. These are um, this is actually two days old. I thought I'd um, get a bit professional. So, um, any businesses out there yeah, that well, want to give me a sponsorship and get, they might be able to get their logo on the side somewhere. Plenty. Good stuff. Yeah, yeah. Make that money. Make that money. Plenty of room on the arms for our potential advertisers. Well, the Hit Network, they've just um, rebranded, so maybe good opportunity for a bit of um, pocket from the big boss mans out there. Who knew they had money? Yeah, well, that's right. That's right. Might be um, that all goes to Triple M, doesn't it? Probably. <laughs> right, mate. Tell us all about a bit about yourself. Um, well, obviously, Angus O'Loughlin, but what's the Angus O'Loughlin story? What do you what do you do with yourself for the people who might not know you? Um, well, yeah, I've been in uh, been in radio for twelve years, straight out of high school, eighteen. I went into uh, went into high from high school straight up to Queensland. Grew up in Geelong, um, and then yeah, started at the bottom of my radio career, flipping sausages and setting up the uh, outside broadcast equipment, the the breakfast jocks at out in front of Harvey Normans in Cairns, and sort of just kept flipping sausages all the way to um, you know I've had a pretty good run. Uh, to breakfast shows in capital cities a couple of times. I've done, um, I did the national night show, essentially the hot 30 for four years. Yeah, I remember that. Uh, in various forms, and been very lucky. And yeah, at the moment, um, hosting, yeah, weekend breakfast, which is national to like 56 stations or something like that with Dylan. And we're very lucky and blessed to be in that shift. What, what do you like better doing the uh, that nighttime shift, which was like the top 30? It was like the Shazam or something, wasn't it? Back when you were doing it, Shazam it was, top yeah, 30 or something like that. Yeah, um, what do you like? Yeah, what do you prefer better, that shift or the the weekend breakfast? Um, it, both of them for the time period of my life. Uh, I was 23 or 24 hosting that hot 30 show, so that was perfect. Yeah, um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to host that show now. Um, because I'm just, I'm 32, you know, I, I, it just doesn't make sense for me to talk about Harry Styles haircuts anymore at this <laughs> age. What's, what's wrong um, with Harry Styles haircut? Nothing's wrong with it and it's beautiful, but, um, <laughs> you know, when you have to talk about it in a, like a gossip style segment, it gets a bit tiring, but you know, when I did that, when I was 24 to 28, you know, that, that made sense and I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Uh, and you know, I traveled the world and interview the coolest and biggest people you can think of. It was a blessed job. Um, but, yeah, just like where I am in life, um, doing weekend breakfast at the moment is brilliant because 
you know, my, my days are Friday, Saturday and Sunday. And so therefore mm. I have sort of the Swedish working week, you know, I, I work three days and have four days off. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, Good I mean, that's what it looks like. It, do, it, it doesn't work out that way with doing my own podcast as well yeah, and some other right. projects on the side. But, um, you know, I'm, I certainly feel a great life-work balance. Um, so, so I feel very lucky, yeah. That's what I was saying. Like, you've, you've been all around the country and you've worked on some great shows in that. Is um, there mm-hmm. anyone in particular, like your most, most famous interview you can remember? And I don't really – doesn't matter if it's in person or um, on the phone or whatever like that. Yeah. What, what's the um, – what was the – Well, it did um, – so a fair bit of travel over, the, over that period – uh, and then, uh, in, then overseas trips. Like I got to go fly overseas to. I flew to London for forty-eight hours to interview One Direction. Went to uh, the Direction. EMAs in yeah, right. um, Amsterdam and interviewed everyone you can think of. I mean, it's, uh, it, it, there'd be more people. It'd be harder to name people that I haven't interviewed than I have. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, anyone you can think of. Taylor multiple times. Taylor Swift, Katy Perry's, um, Bruno Mars. I can't even – the biggest artist you can think of – I even got an interview with Post Malone towards the end of my career when he was starting, so into my night show career. So, yeah, I can't – I'm talking off. So, yeah, you're, sorry, before we were really interrupted by um, – I don't know what that was. If it was COVID or something like that. It could be trying to get into mm-hmm. the system. But, um, so, yeah, you're talking about, yeah, uh, famous people interviewed and you are saying yeah, you've interviewed the likes of, like, Harry Styles, One Direction, um, Taylor Swift, yeah. and you're saying – it's likely um, probably you couldn't name a celebrity that you haven't really been in contact with. That's right? Yeah, that's pretty much it. Um, you know, the show, uh, the, the night show format kind of bases itself around celebrity and, and music. So um, we it was sort of a rule of the show to have an interview per night. So um, I, I usually did an interview every day and some days maybe three. We never kind of... We did four a couple of times uh, and we were just like, let's not do that again mm. um, because you just can't do the best job yeah. uh, that you can. But sometimes you just couldn't avoid it. So, um, but yeah, it, it was a high in, – I've kept all the interviews. There's about about 700-odd interviews over the, over that journey, so a lot. I've got a lot of catching up to do. I mean, about, mind you, about 30 of those are Jessica Malboy. Um, so – <laughs> Jessica, oh really? I loved me Jessica now. Um, proud, um, proud Indigenous man myself. So she's um, she's awesome. It's, she's great. Yeah, it's, it's cut off. Yeah, it's cut, off, cut off. All good. All good. So um, you're talking about weekend breakfast before now. Um, mainly why I've got you on this podcast is to talk about your podcast, which is called Listen Able. But um, before we get into that. Introduce your co-host and real good friend of yours, Dylan Orcott, and uh, I think a lot of people who will listen to this episode would um, probably would be listening to it to learn a bit, a bit more about Dylan Orcott. Not saying they don't want to know about you, Angus, but um, <laughs> no, I get it, I get it, mate. I, I understand you. Sometimes you got to be able to realise that you're uh, you're the second person, second most important person in a room when you sit when you sit next to Dylan. Well, like, um, like you said, there's only so much you can talk about um, One Direction's haircuts and that, and then you've got to move mm. on to something more important like winning Grand Slams and being a Paralympian. That's true. Well, or even talking about disability, which which seems to be, you know, a, a much more uh, important conversation I, I've discovered over this last couple of months of launching this podcast. But, yeah, we have a – Dylan and I do Weekend Breakfast. We hosted it uh, – we still host it, but we hosted for about a year. 
uh, together and just became really good mates. And uh, he was the first person that I'd really encountered close with a disability. Mm. Um, and just hearing some of the stories of stuff that he'd gone through, seeing his friends had been through, I was like totally eyes wide open. I had no idea. It's like I'd living, been living with blinkers on. Uh, and just some simple stuff. When you hang around with somebody in a wheelchair and you go and get a coffee or, you know, something to eat with him, you just realise how much the roads aren't adapted to somebody for a wheelchair. Mm. Um, and, you know, I'll, I'll, the amount of times I've had to grab his hand and pull him up curbs or because there's no, you know, ramp up there or get him into a cafe because there's no access. And um, it's, out, it's, it's, it's crazy. And for a lot of people, and then... You see that and your eyes yourself are open to that and then you realise the world that he lives in is, is a lot of people uh, discriminate. I mean, a lot of people go, well, I don't want my taxpaying money to go towards, you know, 1% of people with a disability. Mm. And it's just outrageous because I've seen the comments that he gets. I get that, you know, he'll, he'll put himself out there and um, people will bite back and go, well, you know, bad luck, mate. The world's not created for everybody. And it's like, well, it should be. And it's funny because that person might have a daughter in the future mm. that has a disability and all of a sudden their perspective and opinion will change. So um, once I started getting all these stories and seeing these um, life uh, lessons that through Dylan, I was like, man, we're going to start talking about this. And once we started having conversations with people uh, within the disability world, it, it's, it's, been, it's been crazy, um, crazy great, crazy bad. Uh, some of the stories and lessons and um, we've had amazing guests so yeah it's, it's basically it's a, a podcast about disability by people affected by or living with yeah. um but it's also yeah it's 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 not meant to be like it's it's not a government thing it's 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 meant to be fun light-hearted chats about it there's yeah, there's moments of sadness of course but we're trying it's you know we're young dudes like we're not doing a dead serious podcast we want this to be cool for some people to listen yeah. to you know we want it to be inclusive for everybody well i've got like just a couple of stats now i've got written down um like, mm. like i said i'm a massive fan of listenable podcasts um or massive fan of podcasts in general mm. and um like i never really give much thought about people with disabilities until i had a close mate that had a snowboarding accident over in canada about four years ago and that was a massive wake-up call to a lot of the newcastle community because we could not believe like we didn't really know anyone in that life situation and then for it to happen just in like a click of your fingers it just changes not just that person's person's world but everyone around him like the whole community affects them and in your first episode i've got a stat down here 1.4 million aussies have some form of disability but yeah. when people hear the word disability they stereotype it and think wheelchair but that's just that's not the case with mm -hmm. disability um can you give me a couple of examples of people that you do interview that do have a disability but they're not in the wheelchair? Yeah, there's, um, I mean, I'm learning along the way as well. I think, you know, maybe I thought that as well. You know, people in uh, wheelchairs are probably the great example of, you know, that, I mean, when you, go, when you go to a disability parking spot, it's someone in a wheelchair. Um, it's yeah. sort of the, the mindset that we have around disability. But you're right, there's uh, so many thousands of disabilities. Um, and uh, um, we... I mean, I'm trying to think. CP is a really interesting one, cerebral palsy, because it's uh, it's so large. The scale of CP is um, mild to severe is huge. 
Uh, we've interviewed a couple of people uh, with CP. Um, one, his name's Oliver Hunter, and he's in a wheelchair. Uh, he's had CP. It's usually from a lack of oxygen during birth, mm. um, and then that just you know shuts off a part of the brain and therefore loses some cognitive function. So Ollie's in a wheelchair. Um, he's an aspiring comedian. But um, we've also had a girl called Eliza Green recently, and she's got sort of. CP on her right side of the brain, which affects the left side of her body, or left side of the brain and right side of the body. So, it's like, a, so it's like a mirror. Um, but she, yeah. Did a, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, she did a yeah she did a professional boxing match against an able-bodied person, um, a semi-professional boxing fight, and the person didn't know that she had CP, and she won. Bullshit. Um, Fuck. Yeah, and she can't she can't use a whole side of her body. I mean, well, she she can't. Can't, can't get a fist, but she uses it kind of as a range tester. Um, well, kind of like hold it up there just yeah. like like a blocker type of thing. Yeah, right. Yeah, kind of just to see if, if the left is going to be able to get in there and whack it. God, I wouldn't um, want to mess with her. God, Jesus. Yeah, you wouldn't want to mess with Eliza. <laughs> um, but, yeah, there's, I mean, the range of disabilities is huge. Um, but and it, you, you also can't let some – like we had somebody with a, skill, a, a skin condition – uh, her name's Carly Finlay. She's an Order of Australia medal win- winner. She's amazing. She's a disability advocate. Like your, she's got, your second it's episode, I think. Yeah. Yeah, ichthyosis, I think she's got. And, yeah. Um, yeah, so she's bright red. Looks like she's sunburned yeah. the whole, over the whole of her body. And so she has to cover herself with a Vaseline-style product um, to keep herself moist and, and, and uh, so her skin doesn't flake. Um, but people wouldn't really associate that with disability. They just go, oh, you know, you've got a skin condition. But no, it's actually a disability because, you know, for a lot of – she's got a lower immune system. Um, she's way more uh, – skin contact hurts mm. her. Uh, so there's a lot of stuff that you kind of wouldn't understand or I wouldn't have understood that was, was a disability up until doing this podcast. And each episode, I learn more Yeah, every time. Um, you, I've heard you quote this as well, but I – don't feel comfortable um, saying to people like not stereotyping, but just calling that demographic like oh they have a disability. I, I just I felt like just the way I've grown up, I felt like that was more of like an like an insult towards people like that, or it's like an insulting yeah, yeah. word. Um, but mm-hmm. quote in your first episode, Dylan goes like um, the Paralympics. What is what is that? And you said oh it's it's for um, people who want to compete, but then you're stuttering. You're like, oh, with disabilities. And he's just like, it's yeah. not an offensive word. you want to explain a bit more about that? Yeah, it's, um, you know, I'm able-bodied. Uh, so I do feel nervous playing in this space because I don't want to offend. But, uh, you know, if I do offend, I'll learn from that, if that makes sense. And hopefully people can learn from my ill judgment of word terms or lack of understanding um, we can all learn together, and obviously, I'm doing it in a in a way of love. You know, I'm I'm certainly not meaning to offend anybody at any any one time, but yeah, I mean, it's it's true. Uh, disability, you know, for someone who's able-bodied, you go disability. Oh, you know, oh, sorry to hear. Um, but Dylan's whole thing is about being disability proud. Um, you know, the way he sees his life is that he wouldn't have his amazing partner. He wouldn't be. Uh, on the grandstand that he is, playing grand slams. He wouldn't be on radio. He doesn't know what his life would be had he not had that tumour on his spine when he was born. But um, so he's all about owning it. Like he lives a huge life. I mean, this guy's, uh, I know what he gets up to. He he actually has to have somebody organise his day every day. So um, 
and he lives a big life and it's because he's in a wheelchair. So there's two different ways to look at it. And, and I think up until doing this podcast and meeting Dylan, I would have been like, oh, God, the person's got a disability. Now I'm like, oh, cool, I wonder what disability that person's got. Yeah. Um, because, you know, overcoming the obstacles that society can put to you with a disability is really quite amazing to listen to those stories. Um you know, there's uh, a girl who's now passed away, but I did meet her before she passed away at an event that Dylan hosted. Um, uh, so, what, so with CP, for example, um, if you kind of the severe, you kind of, they get talked to like a baby, like, hello, yeah. how are you yeah. going? When really they've got full brain cognitive function. So yeah. they're sitting there going, stop talking to me like a baby, you dickhead. 100%. So just and that's every day. Somebody goes over and talks and goes, "Hello, do you want to go to the shops?" I feel like, this and although they can't verbally yeah. communicate back to them, um, their their understanding is is a lot of the times complete. So the frustration that that would have. I mean, I, I sometimes try and put myself in those situations and just go, "Wow, I don't, I don't even know how you could deal with those situations." I feel so like that's exactly as an able bodied person, a bit nervous, nerve wracking for sure. I feel like that's the exact same when you're speaking to someone from another culture, and I find this extremely. Um, disrespectful you know you might be talking to someone of asian descent or like an indian and people start talking to them in trying to they're talking the accent, english but yeah. put it in that accent and it's, it's the exact same what you're talking about they're like well if it, like you don't have to put that accent on to for them to understand you and yeah. i just find that extremely um, yeah well hopefully you know with, with with um podcasts like ours and others it's, it's all about communicating these things so we can all learn and you know, one of the great things about this podcast is we've, we've got some social stuff as well. We've got a first Facebook and an Instagram and easily get a message a day from somebody who's learned something through our podcast. And that's huge. That's massive. Like I've, I've read one this morning. Um, we did an episode with a girl called Steph Agnew who's uh, vision impaired. So she's got maybe 2% vision, which is nothing. She knows if it's daytime or nighttime or if the light's on or off. Like she has no vision. Yeah, right. And um, uh, she told us about alt text. Um, which is on Instagram. Uh, so imagine you post a photo up, uh, you're sitting on a picnic rug, it's sunset, you've got a beer in your hand, and you do the caption, what a day. But all that person who's vision impaired gets is, what a day. So they don't understand what photo you've got. Mm-hmm. So old text is in when you post your um, photos, uh, there's a little advanced feature. You'll see it next time you go to post a photo up. And in that advanced feature, it says alt text, and you write sitting on a rug with a beer in hand watching the sunset. And so they have a screen reader, and so it says this photo is of Dan, you know, recording his podcast with microphone in front of face. And then your caption, you know, new podcast comes out Monday. Mm. Um, and that's been a huge learning curve. For me. I mean, I learned that that day, but we get messages at least two a week from people who are learning about alt text and, you know, changing their own habits about being more inclusive. So I just discovered that today. And that's so funny you to bring that up because I posted um, something, a bit of content uh, last night. And then when I had it on Facebook, I clicked, I went to edit, I wanted to edit the caption because I just wanted to add um, add the Instagram, my Instagram bio or whatever, but not Instagram bio, Instagram username in. And it came up with, edit text or alt text and I was like oh what's this clicked on it and it was like um, male standing in front of water with arms crossed smiling or something like that and I was like I looked in I was like and I clicked on like the question mark and it was like exactly what you're explaining and that's um, 
I'm yeah. going to start doing that. So on, it's, it's, yeah, start adding that on all my photos just so just in case something like that happens then people can understand like who might not be able to see the photo they can read it straight in front of them and i think that's a great idea yeah well it started well steph called dylan out on it so they work together steph works at the uh, dylan Alcock foundation in the office and yep. um dylan posted up a photo winning wimbledon and all these thing he's holding up the plate and his uh caption was thanks for the support with an australian flag mm. and she's like what what's the photo <laughs> of yeah I got no idea, and I was like, when when she said that, I was like, oh my god, of course. Um, so yeah, we we're learning along the way, and hopefully, people can learn with us. Yeah, um, going back to speaking about Dylan, like, oh, like some of his achievements in his life is just like for how he was, and he was born with. Um, so what his story was, he had a he was born with a tumor and that wrapped around his spine, coming from yeah. about midway, which is. I'm not sure. Is it your T six, T seven? T six, yeah. So it's from his nipples down, yeah. pretty much. Because you got um, like your, your main ones at the top. If you get your, your C three, C four, and usually if you break them, you you tell me, mate. I got no idea. Yeah, well, I, yeah. Sorry, I'm just thinking. I think I've just heard a few stories. C three, C four, which is like near your neck. If that happens, yeah, um, you usually That's it's very, very, very worst case scenario. But so he was born yeah. with a tumor wrapped around his spine around his T six, and that's how it happened. So he was born like that, yeah. Yeah, so they so he's born with a tumor around his spine, and then doctors had to operate. Um, but um, to get rid of the tumor, they had to partially sever his spine um, to get rid of it. So he has a little bit of feeling. It's called an impartial. Um, so he can, if you you know punched him or whack, put a hammer on his foot, he'd feel it, um, but not as much. He has a small amount of sensation, which he's is very lucky because obviously not a lot of people have that. Mm. But for example, a lot of um, people get sores, uh, like essentially bed sores from being in the same place and being in the wheelchair the whole time. So um, he can feel if his bum's a bit sore. Um, yeah. So maybe he needs to move out of his chair or, or get yeah. a new change of scenery, etc. Yeah, but and then look at some of these things he's achieved, like um, Paralympian gold medal at 17 years of age. Mm. Um, yeah, wheelchair uh, basketball. Multiple Grand Slam tennis winner. So... Um, people out there obviously know your Wimbledon's, Australian Opens, US Open, your um, French Open. Uh, mm -hmm. They actually have competitions at the same time, or tournaments, sorry, for people in wheelchairs like that. And Angus is is he still ranked number one at the moment? Is he number one in the world? Or? Yeah, he's, he's still he's still the number one. My favourite wheelchair tennis player is his best biggest competition, David Wagner. That's my favourite player. Does he hate that you love um, him? Yeah, can't give him too much credit. Um, <laughs> But yeah, so he is, he is ranked number one. I think there's about eight people who actively compete in the tournament. It's it's really tough because um, it, you know the debate rages about men and women's sport, right? And should men women earn the same amount of money as men? And then you know you get all the guys going, well, you know, how many viewers are watching, and you know, what about the commerciality of it all? And you know, AFLW versus AFL should the win? You know, the, mm. the women should be earning as much money. All of that debate and. It's it's tough if you're in wheelchair tennis because you, it's not a viable career um, unless you get sponsorships, endorsements, mm -hmm. etc. Like Dylan has, um, he won Wimbledon and won twenty thousand bucks. Um, it's not a lot of money. How much did it cost uh, to get over there? For yeah, you? it costs more money to be over there to and and, and uh, I'd assume, fly yourself, your team, your coach, all of that stuff. I'd so the chair that he um, uses to compete in for all those different sports, they're not like your normal. Um, wheelchair that uh, you have in everyday life. I could assume it would be a lot more dollar signs next to it. 
Yeah. I can't remember how much exactly, but like something like 60 grand or something like that. So it's an expensive chair. It's all carbon fiber, et cetera. So it's not a, you can't make a career out of wheelchair tennis. What you can do is make a career, use it as a platform like Dylan has, you know, to uh, do the TV, the radio, yeah. the Nike endorsements and all the other checks he's got coming in. Yeah. He's doing all right. Yeah, he's doing all right. And I feel like he's greatest, I don't know if you could call it an achievement, but he probably has the best voice in Australian radio and TV. Besides, yeah. besides Ash London, actually, or Danny Lakey. Danny Lakey's, Wait, got, Danny Lakey's got a great um, voice. I don't Is know one, but you okay. don't, don't like Danny Lakey's voice? Oh, no. I'm just interested to hear your favourite voices. Yeah, though. I don't mind. And oh, Ray Warren, obviously, rugby league commentator, oh, Ray Warren. Rams, but it'd probably be, yeah. Um, yeah, Rabs and Dylan Orcutt, his voice. I remember listening to it on back when he was on Triple J years ago. Mm-hmm. And everyone like, because nobody knew who he was at that time. They just mm-hmm. thought he was another presenter. And then... When I found out who he was, I was like, "Man, that voice is like he's gifted with that." That's a, that's outstanding, isn't it? Well, you say that. Um, <laughs> no, he, he does have a very uh, it's unique. He, he has like a voice that's easily recognisable. Um, that's for sure. Uh, I hate his voice um, for a couple <laughs> of reasons. Um, one is that with our podcast, we put our um, videos up on YouTube. Uh, for people who are deaf or hearing impaired, um, so therefore they can read the captions. Uh, so we, we use the software where uh, it automatically picks up what people are saying and then I go in and edit that to make yeah, sure it's yeah. right. And this software has no idea what Dylan is saying. So it <laughs> takes me maybe for a 50, 40 to 50-minute video, it probably takes me about six, seven hours to <laughs> caption because um, Dylan's voice is so low and husky that it has zero idea of what he's saying. Like he can say, he said, I'm just editing one today. And he said brain and it came up as Brian. Um, <laughs> I mean, there's it, everything he says is so low that this computer software is like, I'm not picking up this. So you can love his voice. That's great. You know, but, what, um, I, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to edit this into a short little video. I'm going to tag him in it. And from every single podcast you do from now on, he's going to slur his words and he's just going to turn away from the oh, He knows. He knows. He yeah. thinks it's hilarious. <laughs> I mean, he's very aware. He, he knows how long it takes me. Just for the last couple before I um, let you go and stop bothering you, we probably should have it should have been finished by now, but the no, poor no, no. internet connection out there in Newcastle, it is God's country for everyone knows that listening. I do love Newy. I've spent a lot of time in Newcastle. I, um, I've got a great... Great little uh, spot in Newey that I uh, always go to. Three, I think it's Three Monkeys Cafe. Yeah, on Derby Street. Yeah, Terry. Dream about that breakfast and honeysuckle. Just getting absolutely faced. <laughs> um, yeah, I love New. I love Newey. I used to go up there all the time uh, when I was in Sydney, just to kind of escape Sydney a little bit. I used to take my dog up there and head to the beach. And my mates also compete in uh, New Iron Ironman, and for a few years in a row. Um, an event was hosted down at Newcastle Beach, so I'd head up there for the weekend. And who's your mate who's in the yeah. Ironman? Pardon? Who's your mate who was the, in the Newtrick Grand Ironman series? Got a few of them, mate. Um, Matt Poole, Matt Bevilacqua, Ali Day. I'm sort of friends of them all. I lived with them all, you know, when I lived on the Sunshine Coast doing radio. So yeah, um, yeah. So we used to spend a lot of time up in Newcastle. I actually, got a really funny Newcastle uh, parking fine story if you want to hear it. Oh, absolutely. Let's let's. Um, I'm going to tag Nilotelli yeah. Nelms the. Newcastle Please. Mayor, and I'm going to tag her in this. And Please. I um, I drove up from Sydney and uh, parked my car near the beach and parked in a two-hour zone. 
uh, and went was and went and bought my ticket. And as I was going back to my car with my ticket, I was getting given a ticket. <laughs> so I just pulled up, you know, two minutes prior, and I've spent a couple of minutes on the machine, you know, maxing out the two hours, putting my coins in. And I walk back over and they're writing me a ticket. I was like, hey, guys, sorry, I just parked. Here's my, got my ticket. And they did the classic, ah, oh, we've started riding this one up, mate. Oh, and I was like, and they're taking photos of my car and I'm like, hey, look, here's the ticket. I've actually, and, and you know, at that time when, when they gave me my ticket, I, my ticket said 11.36 a.m. and their ticket said 11.38. And so I'm like, look, it's going to, what are you doing? He's like, oh, look, mate, just all you have to do is just, you know, get on the website, send through the photos of the form and it'll be dismissed. So anyway, I did that. Um, when I got back to Sydney, um, and then they wrote back and said it wasn't good enough. And I was like, appealed again, and then um, <laughs> and that got rejected, and I got a court notice. Um, and so I had to go to court for this $100 oh parking God. fine, and, and I had to drive back up to Newcastle in the morning, you know, the three hours or however long it took, and sat in court. And it was the craziest experience because I had this tiny little $100 fine and I watched the court cases before me, and this one guy had been aggravated assault against a police officer. Someone else had, like, robbery. One guy came up from the chambers in handcuffs. <laughs> um, and then, anyway, it's like, then they called. I had to wait in the courtroom for an hour, and then my court case got called, and I was like, hey, yeah, $100 parking fine. Here's my evidence. They're, like, dismissed. But it, then I had to drive all the way home. So this tiny little $100 parking fine, I always, like, ended up being this huge ordeal for me um, that involved, yes, seven hours on the road to get up and back in one day. And then I, I literally left in the morning and just made it in time for my night radio shit. God, the, Angus O'Loughlin, the baddest man in the planet or baddest man in New York. Badass, man. But Got like, off the fine though. You know, so. right? like it's, it's, you probably spent 80 bucks in petrol to get from Ooh, Sydney, Sydney. 100%. <laughs> Easily cost me more the, than the $100. It's just Easily. The, it's just the principle. It's just like, oh, I'm not paying that. Well, I had to go to court. I, I couldn't. Yeah. I couldn't not go to court. I was like, "I'll pay the fine." They're like, "You can't pay, pay the fine anymore. You have to. You're in court." I was like, "Far out." <laughs> that is it. So, um, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I caught up with my good mate Jerome O'Connor for a beer after the court case. That was good. So oh, right. I had a beer in New Year and went went home. God, that's um, that is that is outstanding. That's just typical Newcastle Council for you. Um, <laughs> something needs to be sorted there. Um, so just to finish up on with this, uh, with the podcast, listen able. Um, yeah. No questions are off limits. Is that right? Yeah. Um, that's true. That's true. Yeah. Some um, a lot of people inboxing me, um, just your stereotypical males going, oh yeah, like Jake, how do they have like how do they can they have sex or what do they have girlfriends and that um and. I don't know if they're trying to get a laugh or something, but like this questions that you ask in this podcast, right? Like what's some questions that you've asked people? Yeah. So we have a segment called bowl of uncomfortable because uh, the belief is that to get comfortable with something, you have to be uncomfortable. Um, so our understanding is that, you know, we, we're going to ask the questions that people want to hear. We're not going to shy away from them. And, you know, a lot of the questions from punters and mostly able-bodied people is around sex and disability. And it's also sex and love is like a really big topic in the dis- disability community because it's something that a lot of people want. You know, a lot of people struggle to get jobs if they're disabled, um, but they can get jobs. Yeah. Um, but one thing is you can't, there's no resume for love, you know. So uh, a lot of people do struggle with, you know, going long periods of time without that physical connection of another partner. And uh, it's a big, like, 
one of Dylan's most asked questions is, does his penis work? You know? Um, and, you know, he, we talk about that in the podcast and we talk about, you know, his sex life with his partner who's a sexologist. Mm. Um, and what we learn is that, you know, sex for, in any, like for you and me, for anybody, doesn't necessarily have to be P and V, you know. It's, it's, it's whatever you're capable of doing. Yeah. Um, for a lot of people, they won't be able to do, you know, the normal stuff, doing inverted commas. Yeah. Um, but, you know, they find their own normal. And uh, it's, it, it is a question that we talk about a lot. Some people are more open to talking about it than others, and we understand that. You've got to be super respectful when, you know, treading these paths. Um, but, yeah, I mean, a lot of the questions we do get, mm. well, Dylan gets the most is, you know, yeah. does his dick work? I mean, that's the question he gets. And he reckons, I've listened to an episode, he thinks that, he reckons it's huge as well, he said. Oh, uh, yeah. Everything he did, does is big, apparently. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, he... Uh, <laughs> His does work, but uh, <laughs> um, he, you know he might he might have trouble with pregnancy and and stuff like that. They might have to go down like sort of the IVF yeah. route if they do get to that point. But um, you know, like he, they've got their own normal. And his partner, who's a sexologist, says she's got the most fulfilling sex life of her entire life. Yeah, you right. know, with Dylan. So don't tell him that, but oh, she tells him every day. Don't worry. <laughs> No, but it's just it's just awesome to see people like Dylan and um, another one, Newcastle, uh, Novacastle community will know and remember Alex McKinnon, who practically uh, had that football accident um, in t- 2015 or 16, a couple of years ago yeah. now. Um, he had just listened to another podcast, uh, the Ice Project, and he was interviewed Alex McKinnon the other day, and that's another great listen um i don't know maybe if you got you and dylan might be able to interview him yeah, i've had a request i had a couple of requests for alex we um it's a great story well, sure. a, not a great story sorry but it's an interesting yeah, story um, and he's i feel like he's very open to what he says these days compared to what he was when it first happened i felt like he was more mm. it, it was like he, he admits that he was he was embarrassed by it he hated people looking at him he now it's it's just like you and dylan are doing it spreading the word out there and getting getting yeah it takes a while for you to become comfortable with yourself and i think you know it's it's sort of like being a teenager again is sort of my interpretation of um disability if you're born with with disability then you don't know any different but you know for a lot of our guests you know uh the guest we've got a guest on monday named kelly cartwright she's a paralympic gold medal winning um sprinter yeah um but she lost her leg to cancer when she was 15 um and, in, and that, I was, like, really interested in her story because, you know, when you're a teenager and you're going through those physical changes, you're so self-conscious of yourself, you know, your pimples, your growth spurts, your hair, um, all of this kind of stuff being new. Um, and then to top on, be on, on, on top of that, um, she's now gone through a huge physical change with losing her leg near her hip. Um, and But once again, it's it, for me, I kind of take the understanding that it's – like going through those changes again, you've got to find comfortability within your own body, um, and that does it, it does take time. But you know, if, if with a bit of self love, um, you know, hopefully people get their disabilities. You know, uh, and it, ta- it takes people. You know, we've had guests that are like t- t- twenty five years for them to learn to love themselves. Yeah, um, it just takes it just takes a little while. So yeah, Alex is Alex would be a great guest, mm-hmm. and um, certainly one on our radar. What's next for Listenable? Um, few episodes yeah. now. Um, you been what's been going on for just under twelve months, six to twelve months when you first six launched months, it. Yeah. What's yep. next? What's 
That's what I want to know. Yeah, well, we're, we're very lucky to have advertisers um, and so uh, or sponsors of the of the podcast, and part of those that sponsorship goes towards the Dylan Old Foundation. And so, as our numbers get bigger, we can start matching that. Um, those donations means wheelchairs that can't afford it, um, grants, scholarships, funds, accessibility options, uh, and that's something that I'm really excited to do. I mean, Dylan's been doing this for a while with his foundation, but. You know, the first time that and we're getting close to being able to afford a wheelchair um, for a kid who can't afford it oh, right. um, or a family. Yeah. And so I'm really looking forward to that. It, it makes the work fulfilling. It feels like it's probably the best thing I've done in my career. Rewarding. Um, Massively. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, and to be able to do that on top of my radio career, it's, it's a real thrill. And, you know, it's, I'm still playing in the same audio space that I normally play in. So it's not – I'm not way out of my depth. I'm right in my, in my ball space. So – um, that's something that I'm looking forward to is is um, being able to get these options for people with disability and then be able to see the moment that we surprise them with something like that. Uh, that's something I'm really, really looking forward to. So Yeah. yeah. Angus, I feel like um, we need to give you a massive round of applause. Um, you, don't, you didn't do this for to take money or to take rewards or anything like that. You've done this out of your... Um, the good of your heart, and I believe you're the one who come up with the idea of Listenable Podcast. It wasn't Dylan's idea; it was your idea. You wanted to learn yeah. more about the disability community, um, and it was all in the nature of your good heart. And I feel like um, I think that's a fantastic effort, um, Angus. Yeah, thanks, Dan. Yeah. I appreciate that. It's it's certainly um, you know I feel like I'm the lucky one, you know, um, to meet Dylan and to learn the stories of these people and to be able to put you know my profession into into this space it feels rewarding. Um, uh, yeah, I, I didn't know what I always. I always wanted to do a podcast. Um, I listened to podcasts, and uh, I didn't know where, where I wanted to play um, or where I want the space that I wanted to be in. And it just came really naturally that um, there was because because there was none. There was yeah. nothing like what we were doing, um, or no one was doing it well enough. If that makes sense. So yeah. We really wanted to do a high-quality product, and I thought Dylan was the right person to be the face of it. And um, yeah, I, I you know I feel very lucky to be able to share the stories. So with Listenable guys, um, I love love this line: you'll laugh, you'll cry, and you'll learn something. And that's Listenable, and that's that's pretty much the, the punchline of the podcast. Um, it's available on all places you find your podcast. Here's the little plug again: you got your iTunes, your Apple Podcasts, your Spotify. The Podcast One app is the main place. Oh, mate, wherever you, we, we couldn't get less as long as people listen. Yeah. Um, I'm an Android boy these days, so Google Chrome, you can get your podcasts. You're an Android. Whatever that right? is. Oh, we'll probably end the interview right there. See, see, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> oh, don't worry. I'm coming back to Apple. This thing sucks. Yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> but yeah, thank you very much for like letting us, you know, using your podcast as a platform to get ours out there and. Uh, hopefully, people around Newcastle, we can start to see some more statistics of people listening in the great, uh, the great place. Yeah. So, um, thanks very much for your time, Dan, and um, keep up the good work with your podcast, mate. And geez, get start selling that merch, mate. Start selling that merch. I might have to, I might have to send you something up. You and Angus, and you might have to <laughs> a bit of a plug or something. That'd be outstanding. <laughs> oh, sorry, down, down to Melbourne. You're in Melbourne. That's right. Yeah. Um, anyway, can you send mail here anymore? what? <laughs> that's it. Anyway, thanks for coming on. What's new in the castle? Hopefully. We're only small, but we're going to try and build something special out there. And like I said, course, if the stats in the Newcastle start coming up, you might have to um, 
Send me a bit of, of a video. Send me, get Dylan to send me a bit of a video. That'd be outstanding. You can do it.